You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Kyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison, joined with Reed Bacon. Got another great one today. Uh, we are discussing the Orange and White game, talking about specific players that we really liked and uh, their impressive games that they had. But before we get into any of that, if you guys are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Leave us a comment. If you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download, and follow us on all those uh, listening platforms that you have. Also, follow us on social media at Pancakes and Bacon on Twitter for our main account. Uh, Also on Instagram, Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI. Uh, Then you can follow Reed on Twitter at rbacon26. You can follow me on all social medias at Kyler Kerbison. Um, But yeah, let's jump on into this podcast all right welcome in everybody got another great podcast for you we we're talking orange and white game um but before we get into all the nitty-gritty of that reed how we doing bud kyler 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 happy monday uh, i'm okay with you saying great pod today Good. i we haven't recorded it yet. We're we're starting, but I know that I feel very confident. I have some nuggets that I really, really like um, more than I expected when rewatching this. I I, yeah. I would just suggest you all. You don't have to have played football. You don't have to have coached or been around good coaches or being around other good players that have taught you how to watch film. Just go back and just pick certain players that that you want to know how they did, and just go literally grab. grab so I have my iPad, and 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 just go back and watch the plays over, and stop them and start them, and just watch your players that you like and want to learn about. It'll tell you so much without even really having to know football. And I wish that they would make, which just is never going to happen. But in Reed's world, it would be so great if there was a stipulation. For if you to own a radio or if you to be on a radio show or you to be a talking head, that you have to rewatch the game, the respective game you're talking about. It is beyond frustration for me when I listen to people. It's okay if you don't know what you're talking about, just don't act like you do. I don't go around talking about politics. I don't go around talking about the medical field. I don't go around talking about other stuff. Like if I don't know it, just keep your mouth shut. It, it's just unfortunate that I hear people saying stuff that they don't really know. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> I, I do. I do really have some good stuff that I'm, I'm happy about. And I do get caught up in the numbers because this is a numbers game. I'm always looking at how many views and listens. I, I really, really hope this gets a lot of views because I think it's going to be legitimately top of the stuff that you've heard all spring yeah here i'll try and help you out i'll put i'll put uh highlights in the title i'll put uh uh let's see nico in the title i'll put uh cam selden in the title (laughs) 
Everything that shit gets a ton of views. Everything for clickbait. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'll, put Yo, a, I'll, would... I'll, just, I'll put a big fake ass on the picture, and then everyone will click on it. <laughs> you know, it's about Tennessee podcast. <laughs> oh god, yeah. We just get we just get you know some some bimbo female that's half dressed that's on there, and, and guys are just gonna click click. You know, that's one thing that you and I are not good at is the clickbait. Um, get people to click, and then it's a bunch of non bull crap. We literally all we, we try to be so good with our substance. Um, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to make the best thumbnail possible. I'm trying to put you know little touches in there, nice little pictures. I, I want to get our pretty faces on there. There you go. How was your How was your weekend? It was good. Uh, went into Knoxville, but wasn't able to go to the game. Um, went into Knoxville. There was Josh Dobbs golf charity event. Um, for the Astro Dobbs Foundation, which is this is the second year doing it, a blast, an absolute blast. It's fun every single time getting to play nice 18 holes at Tennessee National. Uh, so love that. Uh, I had about five shots that I liked, and then all the rest were not too hot. Uh, also played with a guy who was like a scratch golfer pretty much. Like he was in the four person like group. And there was literally a stretch after literally right after we passed the tequila tent and he had like two shots and a drink. He had four birdies in a row by himself. (laughs) And I was like, great dude. Like I'm just trying to get my four iron to go straight. Like, right. That's it. Um, so anyways, it was still a lot of fun, still great to see all those guys. And then a fellow VFL, another offensive lineman, Brett Kendrick got married this weekend. So went to that wedding that was on Saturday, started at five game was at two 30. So it was very like tough to try and do both. Um, so voted for Brett's wedding uh, instead of the game. And it was awesome. Got to see coach Mo. Uh, my old old line coach got to see a bunch of ex players. Um, hat, first time I've seen Jay Sean Robinson in forever. Um, uh, saw Trey. I uh, got to talk to him. Uh, saw Cam Sutton. Haven't seen him in a while. Um, and it it was just it was great. I, like literally just reminiscing on playing days and talking about plays that had happened during certain games and talking about like how tired we were, how how crazy this person was. Um, it was so funny. We, uh, Coleman Thomas was there. He shared a story about Dylan Wiseman in the Texas A&M game. If you go back and watch when we play Texas A&M at Texas A&M 2016, Dylan goes out. He's the starting center to start the game. He gets, he goes out of the game probably like 15 plays in. If you go back and watch Dobbs takes off on a scramble and is running downfield and Dylan is running after him. He literally sees a guy coming from the side to hit Dobbs. He runs and dives over the pile and takes a direct hit to the side of the head from that DB so that Dobbs wouldn't take it, and it knocks him out. Completely knocks him out. He's out for the rest of the game, goes into the locker room, and Coleman said he had to play center the rest of the game. After the game, you know, it was a heartbreaker. They went into overtime and still lost. 
after the game, Coleman said he went into the training room and saw Dylan there, pitch black in there, no lights on. So he walked up to him and was like, hey, sorry, like we we didn't pull it out. And Dylan would just went, what? Like that, just stared yeah. at him. I was like, what? Yeah. And then so Coleman was like, I'll talk to you later. Bro, bro was in a different uh diff, different stratosphere. Dylan Dylan played really hard though. That's oh my gosh. Dude. I remember I remember that play. I remember that game when he got he got rocked. Uh but hey, that's the life of an offensive lineman. You boys are there to protect us. That's right. That's right. That's that was that was Dylan's number one goal. He did not care about himself yeah. at all. Well, that's good. No, I'm 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 glad to hear that. Yeah, I know that some of the individuals did go to the game and then made it to the wedding, but they maybe did not make it there for the ceremony. So I kudos to you for, <laughs> yeah. being, for being a good friend. So yeah, exactly. Um, hey, you know what else that happened this weekend is you got your Rocky Top Insider uh, gear. You and I, uh, I went and dropped it off at your mother-in-law's house. I'm not wearing mine because I wore both of them over the weekend. They're dirty. This is a alumni hall buy from a couple weeks ago that I love it. Um, but yeah, it was funny. I went to your mother-in-law's house, dropped your off your Rocky Top Insider swag. Then I took an entire trash bag of all your swag from your years at UT. Obviously, you kept a few things that you like, but we went through it. One, I went through it last week, and it was hilarious going through some of that stuff. You had you actually had a Houston Texans shirt in there from your time with them. Your Tampa Bay Buck shirt. What's the most crazy is that the two X stuff fits me. Like in the in the chest and the shoulders and stuff, I'm like, this isn't good. Like I gotta loosen up. <laughs> now, now it's still a little long for me, but legitimately, there's some things that I can wear in public, and it's not gonna look ridiculous. Um, some of those th- I can't wear into three X's, but uh, I, wore the, you can give those a sleep shirts. Yeah, somebody. I, I will. Well, if I wore clothes when I slept, but you know. Um, <laughs> Uh, but no, we have to share everything on the podcast, Reed. I'm very open and honest. I like it. I like everything to be nice, cool, and cool and free when I'm sleeping. But I will be pulling out some of that swag uh, on the pod when I'm not wearing my Rocky Top Insider stuff. Love it. Yeah, I, some of that stuff was like, I'm a Titans fan, so it's like a Houston shirt. Uh, yeah. Oh, immediately get rid. Of, I'm immediately. You know, I don't know if I'm gonna wear. It. And then also, I'm a Titans fan, and like, I'm not like in love with Tampa. So I like, I have like a hoodie and a t-shirt. I think two t-shirts here that are like, okay, good workout shirts, but all the rest, I'm just like, I'm not going to wear this around. Well, so, so Tampa, like I, I definitely will wear team stuff. That's not my teams. When I used to go to like the Nike clearance store in Lebanon and would get a, like I have a long sleeve dry fit, you know, Kansas city cheese or, New York Jets or different stuff, and I'll wear it around the house or you had to go work out in. Uh, I have an LSU. I bought – it was an $8 LSU Nike dry fit. The shirt is sick. It's just a white. Get the LSU here and the Nike here. Obviously, I'm never going to wear that out, but I love wearing it around the house or, or, or something like that. So, you can find some good stuff. I did get rid of the Houston Texans shirt, <laughs> and I will be – I'll rock the Tampa Bay one, like, around, you know. Yeah. It was also very – it just – it was also very awkward because my path in the NFL, the first the first team that I went and tried out for was Houston and then New Orleans. So I got like two things from there. Then the first time team I signed with was the Patriots, then signed with Tampa, then signed in the CFL. 
But literally, the year I signed with the Patriots, they won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. <laughs> so then all my Patriots gear, it was like kind of awkward because people would be like, oh, he's a Patriots fan. They just won the Super Bowl. And like try and maybe have a conversation with me about the Patriots. And I'm like, I don't fucking like the Patriots. I actually hate them. <laughs> I've gr- grown up hating them. So uh, and then a year later, Tom Brady moves down to Tampa. And Tampa was a fucking Super Bowl. And I got Tampa shit. And people were like, oh, you a Tampa Bay fan? I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> are you they the biggest front fired me, so I don't like them. Are you the biggest front runner we know? Do we need to get I know. It's just weird because it's like, oh, yeah, Tampa won. I'm like, sorry, this is just a shirt. Like, I don't like them at all. Sorry, I was on their roster for, you know, a year. I, I, don't, I don't actually like them. And then it's like. No, I wasn't there when Tom Brady played, but I actually did play with Tom Brady the year before at the Patriot. But, you know, it's like very odd. He got his hand all up in my butt. And all up in my gooch. Um, I had a nice weekend, so I went to Memphis. Man, I, I miss my Memphis crew. I hadn't seen them since Christmas, which usually doesn't happen. I'm seeing them maybe a month or two goes by. Um but it had been, it'd been since Christmas. I obviously don't go down there as much now that I'm in Knoxville compared to when I was in Nashville. Nashville, three-hour drive, no big deal. Six-hour drive, man, it, it can get to you. But uh, I wanted to go down there and see him. It was a huge weekend because Lee, one of my cousins, uh, a.k.a. like a younger sister to me, uh, graduated from law school, but she passed the bar exam, and that was a huge deal. So kudos to her. Nice. She's getting born in next week, so it was a celebration weekend. But then her husband, Austin, is going to be graduating from with his MBA in a couple weeks. And then Bailey, which is Liz's husband, has his birthday today. And so it's kind of like a good celebration weekend. Yeah. Um, I thought about going to the Grizz game. We decided not to because we played golf in the morning and then had Bailey's birthday dinner that night. Um, I would have liked to have gone and seen the Grizz. Tough loss. So I'm guess I'm glad I'm not in the building because there was a lot of Lakers fans and I would have been pretty pissed. Um, <laughs> but it was yeah, it was Reed might have Reed might have got kicked off the pod for <laughs> disorderly conduct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I you know it's it, it was I was frustrated just watching on TV. So when I knew the game was over, I was like, screw this, I'm going. I mean upstairs. that series might be over. Jaws out. I'm, I'm telling you, watch watch out. I. I almost guarantee the Lakers – I mean, I almost guarantee the Grizz will win uh, tomorrow night. That's just how they are. They've played a lot of ball without Jaw. Ty, Tyus Jones could could be a starter for other teams. He's great. But the, it, it's, the series, yeah, might be over, but it won't be like a sweep or anything. Yeah. So, um, But, yeah, it was, uh, it was a fantastic weekend. And like I said, today on the ride home, I drove most of the way, and then I, my mom drove some so that I could – jump into this let's let's dive into it um do you let's just i didn't do offense defense i kind of just watched it and took notes as i went um i go go ahead and start just i'll let you go for a few minutes and then i'll kind of piggyback and we'll just kind of go a little back and forth yeah i guess we'll just yeah kind of go back and forth the first thing i tried to pay attention to was who was playing on the offensive line because that's what i always do um and that starting group had John Campbell at tackle uh, with Mincy in the next group. I'm not going to say this tells us exactly who's going to play, but it does tell me 
that John Campbell's been stepping up in practice, that he's been doing some good things and they trust him enough and they want to see him out there with maybe the ones. You know, if you have a solidified guard or thinner and you're like, I want to see what this tackle looks like next to him, that's what you would do. Um, so whether Mincy starts or John Campbell starts, I'm a happy camper because it tells me that that guy's the best, that he had to compete against the other one and Jeremiah being the same thing. And it also tells me if he were to go down, there's a guy behind him who can step in. So those are great things. Um, I liked that I saw Addison Nichols playing guard some. I, I like that it wasn't all just center. Let me let, let me let me jump in real quick and piggyback. So I tried not to get into who was starting, who was not starting yeah. with the offensive line because you never know what they're just trying and playing. I don't want to get into that stuff right now. Me personally, we'll we'll have a better idea of that once we go to summer camp, aka fall camp, uh, which will be you know a week or two out of uh, before the first game, maybe three weeks depending on what, what part of camp we go to, I texted you about Addison Nichols because I was because all we saw at practice today we went was basically center and we were hearing that he was playing a lot of center. And that's all he did last year too. When he went in at guard, I immediately locked in. And that's when I was watching the game and I texted you. I didn't know where you were with getting ready for Brett's wedding and stuff like that. Three plays in a row. I'm not trying to jump in and steal your thunder, but three plays in a row. They ran behind him, nice block. He pulled on the second one, and he did well. And third one, he had a nice pass, bro. And then I saw him later in the game. I thought he looked really good at guard, and I was very happy to see that. Yeah, I love I I love him interior. Like I think it's great for him and his body type. If he can, he plays all three. He is Jerome. You know what I mean? Like just able to do all three, smart enough to do all three, can lead from every position. There's times where a guard knows what's going on more than a center or more than a tackle next to him, and he might have to be the one to say, hey, no, 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 no. This is not an odd front. It's an even front. That guy's standing up. We have to count him. Actually, you know, deuce there. Don't ace. And, like, adjust things. So you need to know everything. Everybody in the interior needs to know every position. Sometimes tackles can get away with just knowing what they need to do are on islands all the time but those interior guys need to piggyback off each other well you gotta think you have to think about like you mentioned tackles are on an island and if they got some dog over front of them they're really really more focused on that one-on-one battle the center is more focused on get the ball get everyone lined up get the snap all that those guards are slightly more free especially if they don't have anyone head up on them yeah so I think that's a great point that you bring up. Sometimes, sometimes guards can see a blitz coming before a tackle can. Yeah. If, if it's yeah. like an odd front or bare front and they don't have anybody over them. So, got to keep those eyes open. Um, so, yeah, I love that. I saw uh, Andres Carrick at guard too, which mm-hmm. was nice to see. Um, I, thought, I thought he played well. You know, I think we said when we went to practice that he didn't necessarily seem the strongest – guy out there um but I, I thought he played decent I, I wasn't upset at all um by his play so enough of the offensive line talk there we go 
Um, <laughs> the obviously the first play, they take a shot to Jacob Warren, and Joe overthrows it. I think there was a legit theme with Joe throughout the game where it went shot play, miss. Every other play, uh, I don't want to miss or I don't want to overthrow or I don't want to maybe put it in something. So he doesn't. He gets sacked multiple times. Then I think coaches went up to him and go, hey, it's a damn spring game. Just throw the ball. And then we see the throw to Caleb Webb later down the sideline in double coverage, and it's caught. And it's like, don't think so much, Joe. Just just, just let it go, bro. Like, it's man coverage. Trust the fact that the safety is not going to get to your ball. Like, get it out there. Great point. I would have loved to have seen the ball completed to Jacob. It's almost this awkwardness for for everyone involved in the stands, watching on TV, in Joe's head, and it all stems from the Pittsburgh game when he, you know, basically loses his job, and it's uh, it's tough for that to be the knock because then you are thinking about it when, when it happens, and yeah. it's first play of the game. It's like, oh, you know, do, do we want to bring it up? Do we want to remember what we saw? You know, you know, guys are in the stands going, "Where the hell is Nico at?" Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, don't don't overreact to it. I'm just saying it's one of those awkward things that kind of stinks. Um, and it'll probably just stick with him unless he goes out and has a great year and doesn't really affect him. Um, so I would have loved to have seen that shot uh, completed. I will say my favorite play of Joe's, and I thought it was a fantastic ball. Everyone's talking about Nico's rollout throw to Ethan, which we will get to that. It was fantastic. Fantastic very play. impressive. Very, very impressive. Um, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. My favorite, and I'm scrolling through these notes. I didn't write them down. I had to put them on the phone. Um, okay, so it's second quarter, 544. Um, it looks like there's bad I, – I, when I watched this, I legitimately thought that there was a – it was like a, a screen that was getting set up. But then I went and watched, and it wasn't. There was terrible communication between Lampley and the right tackle. I don't know whose fault was it. It was, but someone comes just butt naked, straight, straight free rusher. That's what made me thought think they were letting him go. And I rewatched it. Joe buys some time, and he and he's and he's kind of um, rolling out to his right, and he throws a beautiful, beautiful ball to Castle, the tight end mm. in the middle of the field. Now Caleb Perry. Uh, the second-year linebacker actually did a damn good job of of picking it up because Castle started back in an H-back position. He works his way up through the offensive-defensive line, and Caleb's sitting in there and waiting on him. The only mistake Caleb makes is gets very handsy. You know, you can use those hands right when he gets to you, get a little grab, turn and run, because Caleb's uh, Caleb can can move, but he had really good coverage. He just got handsy again when the ball was getting there. But if you go back and watch that – that was a hell of a job and a great, great pass to put it kind of up high and away from Caleb and the defender. And I also went back and watched. I said, let me see if there's a safety, you know, in that in that vicinity. And I didn't see a safety. And it was like Joe knew that. And it's like that's why he took the shots. Um, those are the throws that they weren't complete. There was a pass interference call that maybe people won't talk about. 
because it's going to be all overshadowed by his throw to Caleb Perry or the Nico throw to Ethan. The the the, the Caleb Perry throw, um, I mean, excuse me, Caleb Webb throw. I thought it was fine. I thought it was a better catch than yeah, it was a throw. I agree. But it goes all into your point of like you got to let your playmakers make a play. You know, you you know, it's no one's really. There's times that guys aren't going to be open. Now, last year, it doesn't go well for my argument because a lot of those times. I Jalen or Brewer, those guys were were open, and it just just hit them. But but I got- think there was I think there was a little bit of like Hinden understanding the speed of his wide receivers and throwing it deep enough, sure, where safety couldn't make the angle to get over there. Sure, and, throw them open, and and yeah, and Joe can do that very easily. I just don't think he tries to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I I think there is some instances where he feels like he's got that awkwardness on him. Like, I don't want to overthrow this person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, right. I mean, I've I've played sports. I've played sports. I remember them when I had stuff in the back of my head, certain things. It, it, you can't play that way. Um, but it's hard. It's a lot, you know, easier said than done to say, hey, don't play that way. Yeah. I will tell you this, though, which I, I haven't heard anyone mention. That was on Gabe Judy and Tamarian McDonald was it was at safety. So, Tamarian's going to be a starter. Gabe is a potential person. And Gabe had press coverage, and he just got beat off the line because he didn't get hands on Caleb. And Caleb runs basically right by him. Yes, if the ball's out there a little bit more, he can probably run under it, but he has to stop for it. He makes a good contested catch, which you have to do. But that's on Tamarian at safety and, and, and Gabe Judy. And it was the same thing that we saw at practice and on Gabe's film. He looks good. He runs well. He gets beat. He used his speed to catch back up, and then I thought it could potential been a PI. Yeah. Um, you know how he ran into it, especially him. with the web coming back, right? And he doesn't yeah. make a play on the ball, so that's one of those things for Gabe. It's like he has all the tools, but does he does he ever put it together? I, I don't know. I just didn't want it to get overshadowed by hey, good play, but don't don't. He wasn't on the third string. I yeah. mean, this this is a starter and a guy fighting for a, a, a spot. Yeah. Um, if we go back a little bit uh, in that first drive, Danico Slaughter causing the three and out. I mean, just man coverage on the guy, stayed on him on the post, right on his freaking back, and then undercuts him through. Well, so, I obviously, I a thousand. Well, not under. I guess it's over. No. I don't I, even know how you describe that. I 100% have this play. It was the dig route, and it was, it was, it was great, as I always say, hip pocket – by Danico, unbelievable, and Danico's pressed. He gets hands on him. He also has been around the program. He knows when this is an in-breaking route, it's a dig. It was not a post. It was a dig, and it was actually a good route by Caleb. He got up, and he got it across. These are the plays. These are the plays that Caleb has to make, just like he made on the deep one, which this was before it, that he has to make to separate himself where he is. That doesn't mean that he's not going to be a good player, or can be a good player at the University of Tennessee, that means you have Squirrel White, Ramel Keaton, Brew McCoy, and Dante Thornton in front of you. Yeah. If you're going to break into playing this year, when you got a really good defender on your hip pocket and on your back, however you got to do it, you got to come up with those catches. But I thought the play by Danico was special. I thought you're pressing, you get hands, you're staying with him the whole time, and you break it up. I, so, yes. I love that because we're we've we've been talking about oh Danico at corner like we really like him and then it was just like first defensive play that you notice and it's him. It's so, it fantastic, that was beautiful. Um, 
I really still like the way that Bishop runs the football. And he got a ton of touches uh, at the game. So I still like the way he runs the ball. It was good to see him out there. But the running back who took the show was Cam Selton. Cam was the one who was like, hey, look what I can do. Literally everything. Uh, He is the guy that looks like the one to replace Fant. Where, hey, we're going to put you out there to catch a ball. And then you're going to come into the backfield and run it. And then we're going to put you out there to block. And then you're going to come in the backfield to run it. Um, you're saying you mean you mean replace him, not necessarily a tight end. You mean as a Swiss Army knife. As a Swiss Army knife, exactly. Yeah. As the guy where you, as the guy where if you have a formation with him at running back, you do not have to rotate someone in and out, and then let the defense rotate someone in and out. You keep those same personnel in there. You move him to a different position. That is one of the best things that they could do with fans where he's in at tight end when we first go in there. Now he's in the backfield at running back and we have two. And it's just like, hey, I can move him around wherever. He can take the damn snap if I want him to. So that is one of the best like uh, advantages that you can have for an up-tempo offense like we have. Thank you. And that's what I was about to piggyback and say – for people that want to understand that it's um, it's nice because you can say it's a chess piece. Oh, where you know the defense has to be okay. Where's he lined up here? Where's he lined up there? You know, you got to account for all that stuff. Yeah, that sounds great, but it's really about mismatches. Football is a lot about mismatches, and if you see a tight end coming in that's on the line of scrimmage, they might have a separate defensive package than if it's a tight end that's split out, and it definitely could be maybe a different package. Um, depending on how many DBs you want in the game or, or, or whatever. And you take, you, you run a couple plays with the tight end in the slot. Then you bring him in. Then you split him, split him back out. Then he's an H back. So like a lead blocker or maybe one of the P play action dumps. And then he's getting a handoff and, and you put, and you put, you know, a Jabari small or someone else out at, at receiver, not your, whether you're going to throw it to him or not. It's yeah. just all those. That's, that's what frustrates a guy like a Kirby Smart or a Nick Saban, because they can't get to the pieces they want to bring in the game to match up with what we're doing because we are going fast. And yeah. it, it's huge. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, again, Selden catching, you know, bubble screens out on the edge, running the football, catching little hitches from, like, a tight split, not necessarily lined up at tight end, but he's at a tight split. So, He's got the same guy who would cover a tight end over him. Um, but- pick, let me piggyback off that. This is good how we're going. You're just going to bring up certain places that I've, I've talked about. That was honestly one of my favorite throws from Nico. It's a third. Oh, yeah. three, it's a third and three. They go five wide. It's something that you see um, a lot of the best. You know, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, and Jason, and uh, Josh um, Allen. You know, it's it's Travis Kelsey right there. It's how you work the three yards, get up, turn around, and just catch it, get the sticks. And so it was great to see Nico realizing that because there was a free rusher, and it was great to see Cam Seldon, another true freshman, that's like, okay, I get up, I get to the sticks, I catch with my hands, I protect the ball. Yeah. So it was that was one of my favorite throws and plays because it was just bang, bang. It's a little thing. I yeah, look it simple. It looks great when Nico rolls to the right and just God given talent and places that ball, and it's like, damn, and Great catch by Ethan. Great, great catch by Ethan. I loved seeing that too. But I also want to see the simplest things. 
make the routine things routine things look routine. Yeah. And that's what I like to see. And I think a good example of maybe someone who doesn't make the routine look routine is a Lamar Jackson, where people say like he can make the deep throw and he's freaking explosive, but it's like the easy throws, the little slants, the little hitches that are right there. That's the one where he struggles with. Yeah, fantastic <clears throat> point. And some of that might not even be Lamar. Side note, that might not even be Lamar. That's true. I mean, when you – might not be Lamar's um, – it might not even be his physical tools, but it's it's like where is he looking? Or is he getting greedy and saying, yes, I see that, but instead of taking five, I'm waiting for you know Mark Andrews to open up at the, at the other end. Yeah, and it's also if you leaned everything into your offense of being a running offense – Sometimes the pass game suffers. Sure. So, yeah. Well, you were talking, um, talking about Cam Seldon. It yeah. was it was nice to see him do a bunch of different things. I I personally think the most impressive thing that I saw is from him is that he was already decent on some of his pass pro. But when you get a burner like that, that Cam Miller and John Slaughter both had angles on him, and he left them. That it. I mean, and, and you house it from, you know, what, 25, 30, 35, 40 yards? That, mm-hmm. that's, 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 <laughs> that's nice to see, you know. That is nice, I'm telling you what. Yeah. I'm so – that's what I was saying. Like, I like that's why when we watched this film in high school, I was like, man, him at running back excites the hell out of me. Yeah. Him in the backfield running behind the offensive line is – something I'm really looking forward to. But Hype was like, I need to get the ball in this dude's hands no matter what. Right. Because that's who he is. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, I Hey, I like the way that our threes looked. <laughs> like, the fact that the offense went out there and drove down the field and did a pretty good job, like, it kind of makes me feel good of like, hey, the, the, the scout team guys or the guys that aren't starting – that are sitting on the bench still do what they need to do. They still practice hard. They still go out there and, and give a good look. Cause sometimes like if you don't have anybody in your third string on offense, how in the hell are you going to give your defense a good look of the team you're playing vice versa? If there, sometimes guys got hurt and we were in scout team when I was at Tennessee and we had long snappers playing D end because yeah. we didn't have no bodies. And it's like, I'm not getting a look here. Like, what do you want? What do you want me to take away from this? Like, this isn't that's, helping me towards the game. That's all about the culture and just building a good program. Um, I mean, you have Deshaun Bishop who decides to walk on with us compared to taking a full ride somewhere else. Yeah. Or the, the the receiver um, from Nashville who was a walk on and he makes. I mean, I think he's a, a true freshman walk-on receiver, and I get it. It's an orange and white game. I'm not telling you he's going to come out and be a starter next year. That's not the case. But the fact that he goes up and makes a super nice hands catch, turns nice, turns his body and gets one foot inbounds. Would you you want you want him giving Kamal Haddon and Danico Slaughter a look, or do you want you know some Joe Blow who's a walk-on who? wasn't even recruited and just went to try out and you're in a position where you need tryouts at, Hey, come by the, you know, come by uh, Anderson training facility and we're going to run you through some tests because we just need bodies that you, it's, it's just the, they just stack, exactly. stacking the, stacking the culture, stacking the, the, the depth and stuff. So it's funny. I mean, people up. say it all the time that 
Alabama has the hardest practices in the country. Yeah. That, you know, their practices are harder than their games because of all the competition and all the people right. they play against. It's like, all right, let's, I mean, let's do the exact, you think Georgia can say that Georgia right. can definitely say that their freaking threes came in, beat the shit out of TCU. Yeah. So that's what we want too. Right. No, agreed. 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 Um, we're talking offense. And a guy you haven't mentioned yet, I know you might. Uh, he didn't do anything super impressive in this game that I really saw. Um, but something that people want to talk about is Nathan Leacox, you know, catches like the second pass of the game. And on that play, I mean, it's like a, it's a, like a four-yard gain. But something that I took away from, from that play, you know, they wanted to get the ball in him in his hands pretty quick, see what he could do. And he made this, – this is a good teaching point. This is where it's great for spring. He catches it. He made the first guy miss. Now, I was actually impressed with the first guy was Caleb Perry. That boy can that boy can can move. Like, he's got some legs on him. And and I thought T. Lander and Arian Carter looked good. Jalen Smith looked good, too. But I was impressed Caleb recognizes and gets out there. And he gets out there fast. But it's a great teaching point because, like, hey, you're there and you did slow it down. Yep. Break down a little bit more, make this tackle. So it was kind of like a good be good, like, hey, Nathan, great catch. You made the first guy miss. You got positive yards, and then you can turn around and tell Caleb, great job getting out here fast and recognizing it. You know, you, you, you made a pretty good play on it to help other people, you know, and, and, and then they made the tackle. But, hey, let's break down a little bit better and make the tackle. Yeah, exactly. Did you, did you see you see anything from Nate that you can think of? I mean, that was really the only thing that I took away. Yeah, that was real. I mean, I know he did have a couple more catches later, but I thought I thought it was good because when we went to practice and we talked about it, Nathan looked good to us. We liked the way Nathan looked, but we never said Nathan's one of the three, one of the three main guys, but. But he's just taking up, like taking his opportunity and running with it. Brew's hurt right now, so who are they going to lean on? And Nathan was like, "I'll take that shit." So yeah, I like it. I like to see that he was out there first series with Joe, and Joe throws to him second only because they wanted to set up a play right. like they did. And and it's not a knock on on uh, Chaz and Caleb and the. Uh, you know, the, the, the second year guys, yeah. but, but if we're seeing Nathan already look like as a true freshman, who's been on campus a lot, a lot, a lot shorter time than those guys, mm -hmm. that's a good thing for him. Maybe not as great for them, but next year's competition for receiver with Ramel leaving, Brew leaving, you know, you think that Squirrel and Dante will still be there. And and you never know, like we've talked about on this podcast, you never know who's coming in that door next. You know, some guy from, I don't know, some guy from uh, Ohio Bobcats goes off and some dog receiver and it's like, hey, you want to come play at the University of Tennessee? He's like, yep, sure. You know, yeah. that, you know, you have to take these opportunities when you get them. So, yeah, Nate, he was – and Nate was very – there was a lot of talk of him at, at practice. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of Thornton, did you see um, his Instagram story went mm -hmm. a little viral on, uh, no. on Twitter? Because he was, he was in the bus – as they were getting to the stadium, he was like recording all the fans outside and they're all cheering. He's like, God dang, dude, this is a spring game. Like, yeah. what the heck? This is a spring game? And like someone's in the background, you don't know who it is. And he goes, That's Knoxville for you, man. Yeah. It's but just it, you can't get better fans than this. Right. I mean, and and he's coming, he's not coming from yeah, he's, he's coming from another power five program, Oregon. Right. 
Right. He's not coming from Louisiana Tech or, you know, somewhere else. I mean, you know, Buddy's, buddy's coming from another Power Five. Different. I, the only thing I – Jordan Rogers kind of annoyed me when he's like, yeah, they – the coaches love Dante Thornton. They love how he runs, and they really think that he could even even maybe be a replacement for Jalen Hyatt. Similar body types. I'm like, what? Did you read any notes? Similar body types. What are we What are we doing here, Jordan? But I get it. We we all make mistakes. I mean, there's names wrongs, all that different stuff. Um, talking a little bit about those those, and I know we're all over the place. We're not doing all yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But but for, so for defense, tackle pulls, double J shoots, and makes a nice t- TFL. I'm not sure why you're not blocking uh, Double J. You know, yeah, uh, they're obviously Plus. setting that play up to read him, and Correct. he does the perfect thing where he closes the distance and gets up in the face and makes it almost impossible to read. That's exactly how you have to play it as DN. Right. He did it perfectly, and he looks. People, you never look as good or as big or as athletic in your practice pads and and jerseys and stuff. There's just something about it when the – I remember being a Catholic and seeing pictures or being at Memphis and seeing pictures in our practice uniforms. I'm like, dang. And then you go out in those game uniforms. I remember the first time I saw myself in the game uniforms at Memphis. I was like, dang, I look – like, damn, I, that dude looks sexy. I, was, I look a thousand times like better athlete. And so it's funny because Joshua Josephs looked good at practice. And then I see him on TV, you know, in his game day outfit. I'm like, buddy is looking even more nice than I expected. And – He's such a freak athletically, but on that same play, I you know I watched that play and instead of moving on, I'm like, okay, let's see some else here. T. Lander at linebacker shoots his gun and is snapping necks all day. There were so many times he had a, I mean, he goes up and this is actually where he's pulling. It was the pulling tackle with John Campbell, and John Campbell, John Campbell and T. Lander meet, and it's a it's a nice collision. Then Arian Carter does a really good job. He's the other linebacker of uh, kind of shaking and, and getting through some traffic and meeting in the backfield when Joshua Joseph's there. So seeing that early makes me start noticing it in the mm-hmm. rest of the game. Basically, anytime I see T. Linder in there, I mean, he's coming up, shooting his gun. I mean, he bodies um, – I thought, I thought Deshaun – Bishop and Dylan Sampson did okay putting their heads in there. There was a couple times where they did pretty good on the pass pro. Mm-hmm. But there were some other times where Arian comes in, blows right by, kind of blows up the play, gets a sack. And then there's a couple times where T Landers right in there for the sack. But you see, you see true freshmen in their first spring game already shooting their guns. And when I'm saying snapping people's necks, I mean they're coming in and that offensive player's coming in to block them and that head's getting cocked back because somebody's yeah. coming in and hitting, hitting that hammer to the nail. It was yeah. not me. That's what you want out of your linebackers. You want them to be the hammer, not the nail. So right. Right. when you right. see other people's heads snapping back, you know they're doing a good job. Yeah. Then that, that same play, too, Amari McNeil caught my eye a couple times. Um, I, I don't know what the hell Jackson Lampley's doing. Guy's been over on the campus for, like, multiple years. There's never, I guess, going to be able to help. But Amari McNeil did a push-pull on him, which was silly. Um, and Omar Norman Lott, which is we're talking some D line stuff. Ooh, he was kind of looking like some Jarrell Casey for my, you know, Tennessee Titans. Not necessarily the biggest, but that boy's got some quick feet, quick hands, and he is pretty mm. powerful. I know you've thought some different things about Omar Norman Lott. What did what did you did you see some of the stuff that I saw, or what did you think? 
I didn't necessarily see uh, some of that stuff. I, I had, I really struggled watching some of the defensive guys. I felt like I didn't know who was who. Ninety-eight. He was ninety-eight, and I mean, he had. I think he had two TFLs. But I was. You're going to like him once you get to see him a little bit more. Matter of fact, when we go to fall camp, I'm, I want you to maybe go watch him a little bit more intently. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'll definitely put him on my list. Um, I don't know. Should we? Should we uh, move into Nico? Should we talk about Nico? We would let me go ahead and we'll be quick because we're at the 43 minute mark. We talked a lot of BS uh, at the beginning. My apologies. I'm going to just go through and hit my notes of stuff that impressed me. Then we'll then we'll finish with Nico and jump in if you want. But I'll just kind of read through these. Super impressed with John Slaughter's open field tackle against Deshaun Bishop. It was a 10 yard gain by the offense. But people need to understand as a true freshman at safety. And I know there was some talk about him. I wasn't as high on him. Um when I watch his highlight tape, but seeing him in person now and watching him, I love his swag. I love how fluid he is, but I'm telling you from someone who has attempted to do it multiple times when you're safety and you see that, that running back popping through the line, whether it's inside or whether mm-hmm. it's outside and you're like, there's a hundred thousand people about to see me make this tackle or not. He looked so effortlessly coming up. He didn't. He didn't have to break down because it was almost that. That uh, I'm not going to say Eric Berry style tackle because Eric's in a whole different league of his own. But it was the tackle that, like, you understand. Good defenders play at a different speed. Yeah. So instead of someone that's like coming up, kind of breaks down and then makes a decent tackle, this is someone that is that hammer to the nail of like you. You can kind of fly up, slow down a little bit, and make it. Ta- I was just super impressed with that play by. By John Slaughter on Deshaun. As a defender, you can almost force your way into the tackle. Yes. You force the running backs to say, like, you like you have to cut left because of where I'm at. Exactly. That's one thing that I remember talking with my dad at when I was younger. Um, because I was always, you know, I, I always was taught to break down. And, you know, I felt like I was a, a pretty damn good tackler. That was maybe one of my strong suits or something. And I always was I always you would watch these guys who were just great. And I'm like, how do they like they're not breaking down? And it's all about dictating. Are, is there are you gonna let the running back or the receiver dictate to you in the open field? Or like you said, are you just gonna you basically get there so quick he doesn't he doesn't know what he can do? And, and so I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh it's yeah, it's it's you kind of dictating to them. Mm-hmm. Uh then you come back and it's two plays later, uh John Slaughter's back at safety. The slot tight end kind of comes in bananas and he sits on it. So then therefore the quarterback, whoever it was, has to throw deep and John's quick enough and fast enough to get back. The outside guy was miscommunication. He stopped on a hitch instead of the go, but the corner was there and and John got there. And I was like, okay, in three plays, I see him make a great open field tackle. And the next one I see, or two plays later, I see him take away the tight end kind of seam banana and then get deep. So that was nice. Mm, Castle needs to make the catch on the slant. They worked Castle a lot. I was a lot. Fine. I was fine with what I saw with him besides that one that hit his hands when they're running him in that Princeton fan slot tight end. You got to make those catches and I, and I think he will. And I think I think they uh they were definitely like Jacob get out. Yeah. yeah. We don't need you in there. Castle, you're getting reps today. Let's see what you got. And another tight end, uh, I don't know, is uh, Solomon number eighty nine has been around the program for a hot minute. He had a he had the touchdown. He had a yeah. he had a nice move. I know 
once again, this is just me getting frustrated, but, you know, I'm listening to the sports animals I'm driving in and this afternoon they're talking about, you know, who you thought, you know, looked the best. And they're saying Deshaun Bishop looked great. And then they're saying Kim Miller looked really good. You know, he had six tackles and a, and an interception. It's like, you know, those might be right, but none of those tackles didn't, were really impressive. The tight, the, 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 interception sure great play i mean you're there but it was nothing that really popped mm-hmm. for, for me and that's what i'm thinking okay maybe someone's reading the stat line someone maybe was watching it in and out but they didn't go back and and re-watch it because miller gets absolutely cooked by the tight end and he i i was so happy that they showed it from the back uh end zone view and what i had a coach teach me one time don't look here and don't look here because you're gonna you know if someone that you're going to, and you're going to go always watch the hips because the hips can't fake. And he gets, and Cameron Miller gets kind of worked. And that's one of those guys that's okay. You came in, you've been in the program for two years. Those are the plays that you have to make. If you are going to break someone's, you know, starting lineup or playing time, because you got a lot of true freshman DBs that are coming in. You got some other transfer guys. Um, So that was something that I saw. It's not like, it's not like a, you know, fifth year starter did it to you. Right. Right, and that's just those points. I'm just pointing out different people that I saw, whether it was good or bad. A uh, nice play again by when I saw J- uh, triple or double J. You know, uh, Joshua Joseph, Elijah Heron, and Aaron Carter on the field together. I thought in one play they did a great job with block shedding, flow, block take on. All three of them looked like they were just some dogs getting to a bone, and it was nice to see. Uh, nice blitz by Aaron Carter. I already mentioned it was a sack that he got, and he kind of ate up Dylan Sampson. Uh, Castle with a nice catch and upfield. Nice block by Caleb. Uh, it was a six, seven yard. Nice play by both of them. Um, we've already talked about the third and three, five wide. Um, okay, I, I, if you go back and watch this, I know you're going to love this, and this is a good point. This is a good teaching point. It's second quarter. It's ten. It's second quarter. I think it's like ten forty six, ten forty seven mark. And it's where they throw it out. The guy's making an upfield play. And Jalen Smith, I thought it was Aaron Carter first. Jalen Smith, another freshman linebacker, shows great speed and great hustle to get to the forces outside. Forces the fumble. And forces the fumble. Yeah. That part looks great. I'm going to tell you what part didn't look good if I'm watching this from the eye in the sky. James Pierce was the defensive end. He did not blitz. It was like he came off the edge. And I don't know if they're going to put him. He did, excuse me. He didn't come off the edge. He dropped back. And I don't know if he's supposed to drop in a certain zone or whatever. He sees the play the same time. Yeah, I literally game. pulled it up on my phone. Did you just watch it? Yeah, it's brutal. Like brutal. Jalen Smith is a true freshman. He's been here on campus for three meals and two sleeps, and he's already. That's not winning football, and that's James Pierce. I'm I'm not beating him up. He there were some other times where I thought he flashed athletically. You're not going to get on the field when a true freshman linebacker, like I said, who's been here for three meals and two naps on campus, is beating you to the ball. And what do we always say when you run to the ball? Good things happen. Your 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 teammate just made a tackle and a fumble. If Christian if Christian Charles is not there. That ball's on the ground, James. Are you not going to get to it? He and didn't, I mean, he didn't. He didn't take off. He's going to get roasted in 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 by a coach on saying, "What kind of fucking effort is this?" Oh yeah, it's not winning football effort. Coach, uh, I mean, I don't know because he's the hybrid. I don't know if he's going to be in the linebacker or the defensive ends like spot. But if he's with Gardner, oh boy, 
Like, dude, it's going to rip you a new one. Talk about loafing. I I don't, as a coach, if I was coaching, I, I don't need to yell and scream and stuff like that. I'm just going to be upfront and honest, but I'm going to be sitting in there and I'm going to be clicking. I'm saying, hey, we're talking, we're talking this play. And I'm going to say, Jalen, that's a hell of a job, son. This is going to get you on the field. This is going to – this type of effort, this type of hustle, this type of play is going to get you on the field. You're going to be a hell of a player doing stuff like this. And I'm going to look at James. I'm going to say, James, he's been here a year less than you have. Are you wanting to get on the field? Are you wanting to play? Because this ain't it. This is not how we're going to play at Tennessee, and this is not where you're going to get where you want to be personally. And that's all you have to say in front of his – in front of his um, – you know, in front of his um, – Peers. His yeah, his peers, his his group. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to point that out. I would I would recommend some people go go watch that. Yeah, definitely. definitely um, second quarter, 544 mark. Uh, what'd you say? No, keep going. Uh, the phone or the phone just kind of cutting out. You said definitely what? No, just keep going. You're good. Okay, so this is we've already talked about the second quarter, 544 mark. That was the bad communication. That was a hell of a throw by Joe, maybe my favorite throw of the day. Uh, T. Lender snapping heads back again I have on here. Okay, everyone's been talking. We love Ethan Davis. We pointed him out at, at practice. Uh, we thought that he might not be playing. He did play. He played very well. Besides his catches uh, that, that he made, I thought he actually did a damn good job blocking. If you, don't, if you were kind of like, hey, where are we at on this? If you want to go back and watch some of it, when he was in, he did a nice job at the H-back blocking. And my, this is going to sound silly. Obviously, the, the catch that he made was great. My favorite thing that I saw him do, and this is not a knock on Jacob, and this is not a knock on Prince of Ant, Ethan caught like a three-yard out route, and he didn't just take himself out of bounds and kind of give himself up. He literally looked upfield and was trying to grab that flyer coming in and trying to shove him out of bounds. Now, he stepped out of bounds. That's, yeah. shit, that's the shit that's, that's taking you from good – tight end good you know good college tight end to to elite when you are thinking in your head and Jacob's talk, Jacob Warren's talked about that like I want to be better in the open field with a part of my game this kid's you know on campus three meals and two shits and he's out here and you can already see it in him he's like yo I don't want to catch it for three yards and run out of bounds I'm trying to yeah. I'm trying to throw somebody Derrick Henry style, and I want more yards. Um, yeah, I think Ethan has that skill set more than some tight ends do. Yes, where he can make a guy miss. Yes, uh, nice pull and block by John Campbell. Great cut by Deshaun Bishop. On um, they, this was the play right before Nico to Ethan, and it was a great cut by Deshaun Bishop on Arian Carter. Uh, I think it was either Arian Carter or Jalen Smith. So a little freshman on freshman crime. Uh, Tyree West is a guy that he was fantastic last year. You and I didn't really see much out of, out of him. The practice that we were there, we were fine. It was good to say, hey, guys, don't forget about me. I play as a true freshman. I got a TFL here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I've already talked about Cam putting on the burners. And then my last note was just about Omar Norman Lott. I wanted to give him a shout-out because I was happy with some of the things that I that I saw him do. Um, yeah. So that's that's really where I was. Uh, we've been going for about 50, 55 minutes. Go ahead and hit me with, with your Nico stuff, and then we'll go from there. And then I'll so also. So, Nico played well. He played better. I think he played better than I expected a freshman to play. Um, and you can see the ceiling. You can see how great he can be with the throws he was making. With some of the moves he was doing, his ability to use his legs. I mean, that throw on the sideline, 
to Ethan Davis. The most impressive part about that is the amount of touch he's able to put on it while still running. That's ridiculous. It's it's that's just the God given stuff of of accuracy and placement. You can't teach that stuff. We're hearing no. we're hearing a lot about it right now because of the NFL draft and Will Levis and Anthony Richardson and all that different stuff. You can't teach that stuff. Here's my thing, Kyler, and this is not a overreaction, and this is not a knock because I've said this stuff before. That's even a throw. Joe Milton's I don't think is making that throw, uh, and if he is, I don't think it would be as consistent as Nico could because Joe. Joe has great arm talent. We're talking about just sheer power and 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 strength and how deep he can throw it and how he can put one on a rope. But that throw with that touch and that placement, I don't see Hendon Hooker making that throw either. Now, people can please hit me in the comments. I think back and watch highlights of Hendon. I don't remember Hendon having something where he's rolling to his right, throwing it on the run, and it is position A because that, that was Will Brooks, the – I guess he was – I think he's a walk-on. or I don't know if he, they've given him a scholarship now, but he's been around the program a lot. And he – I've mentioned every time I'm at practice, I think he has a good practice. Like, he's one of those guys that's a good practice player, mm-hmm. giving reps to other people. But he has damn good coverage on Ethan. And and and, and it's, it's high. It's up and away. It's on the outside. I mean, you can't teach that stuff. And once again, this is what I said a year or so ago. Even with how good Hendon was – even with the stats that he put up, that's the difference between Nico and Hendon is that's a play that is God-given. That is why he's a five-star and mm-hmm. wasn't a three-star and went to Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. You're not, do you get what I'm saying? Don't take this the wrong way. This is not a knock on Hendon. He had a great, great year. But he's not making – in my mind, I can't remember a time where he's made a throw like that. It's Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. Tom Brady's great. He's one of the greatest. He's the best leader I've ever seen on a football field. He can figure out defenses like crazy, but he can't make the physical throws that Patrick Mahomes can make. He can't throw it 40 yards downfield horizontally in the air like Patrick Mahomes did, you know, two Super Bowls ago versus Tampa. But he's still great. And it's like, you know, Joe might not be able to make that throw that Nico can physically do, but there's other attributes that he has. And you know what? The best thing to hear, that's a great point, is there's multiple ways to skin a cat. So I'm not I'm not knocking if you get the guy the ball, that's all we that's all we care about. And you never know. I mean, fast forward a couple of years and maybe Nico's not as good as Hendon's numbers because he's maybe not as good as a decision maker. That that's fine. I've just always said so far, the first two years, I thought the results of the quarterback have been because of Heupel. And I've always said, wait till he gets an absolute dog talent-wise back there. As long as the decision-making is there with the talent, that's mm. where I'm like, yo, this this could be deadly with Coach Hype. Deadly. Yeah. Yes. Agreed, agreed, agreed. I, I'm this, this made me even more excited for Nico in the future. It did not make me think Nico is taking Joe's spot now. It was just like, ooh, like look what he can be. Right. Cannot wait. Right, right. I um I don't know. To tell me if it's overreacting, but I'm still not necessarily going to be surprised if Nico ends up playing some, whether it is because of injury or because if Joe's just not I just I think it's more about Joe than it is Nico with me. Yeah. Am, am I gonna get Joe 
of a Vandy game or of the Pitt game where he lost his job or the Bowling Green game, which is the very first Heupel game? Um, you know, is it going to be some of these throws or is it going to be Orange Bowl, Orange Bowl Joe? You know, Orange Bowl Joe, we're going to win a lot of games, but but we we know that Coach Heupel is not going to leave someone in there that is not making the routine decisions and throws that you have to have to make this offense run. And so, I, you know, like I said, besides that throw, that throw to Nico or that throw to Ethan Davis, I, like I said, I also love the third and three of the here it is quick. I thought you made a great point. I know it's not live, but there was a couple times where Nico worked his way up in the pocket and got, I mean, there was that one, I think it was Cam Selden again, and he worked his way up in the pocket and kind of almost jumped and threw it. And it was a completed pass, but I think they'd blown it dead for maybe a sack. But mm-hmm. whoever caught it, you know, Cam Selden or another running back caught it. Just the way he moves and that quick trigger and, and things like that, I was, yeah, I was probably a, a little bit more impressed than, than I thought because I think we, our expectations were different than other people's. And so yeah. that would be why other people are like, yeah, it's fine, but we're like, yeah, that's that's not that's not bad with a lot of the little things he was doing. Yeah, exactly. And those little things are more impressive than say throwing to an open receiver and getting a big touchdown because we can see the side of it where it's like, well, that's the play. Right. That's the that's the defense messing up or whatever, you know, other factors go into it. Um, but still great orange and white game. It was awesome to actually see those guys. Sucks that we have to wait for a few more months to watch football again. Um, but super excited for this season. I am too. It'll go quick. Time flies. We'll have some other good stuff. We have some exciting stuff that we'll do for the pod that I think people will enjoy. Um, I hope people listen to this one. I, I think I think we we gave out some really good stuff from other stuff that I haven't personally heard since the game ended, whether it was reading articles or hearing some of the talking heads. Uh, great pod, brother. Hell yeah, brother. I'll see you. See ya. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. We absolutely love the comments. Uh, if you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download, and follow us on all those platforms that you might be listening. Also, follow us on social media at Pancakes and Bacon on Twitter, at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram. Uh, and then at rbacon26 for Reed, at Kyler Curbison for myself on all social medias. Um, really appreciate you guys. And don't forget to check out rti.com. You can find everything Tennessee there, every little news detail, every little stat that you might want to look up. Great articles on there, so make sure and check that out. Um, but, yeah, just really appreciate you guys so much for watching. Uh, as always, go Vols.